Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the bowels of eBay listings, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 202, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. This is Scott. This is Cash. And this is Mark. Uh, Hey, Scott. I have a question. We're recording five minutes late today. Why is that? Well, that would happen bitty to be. Bitty, bitty, bitty. That's all, folks. That's right. I was watching an eBay listing that was ending, and I really, really, really wanted it. So this is absolutely timely. Absolutely. So what did you get? I got a genuine early 20th century post office duplex canceller and uh, they don't come up very often um i am concerned that if you wanted to you could attempt to put fake cancels on stamps that are hard to find canceled but uh you would still have to come up with the proper ink and all of that. Yeah, that's that's not a big thing. But the cool thing is that it is an actual post office patented duplex canceller. Yes, and it's got the uh, the barred oval killer right next to the circular date stamp. It's actually got uh, some date slugs already in it, which means, uh, I, I mean, I don't have anything to change it out with, but at least I'll have what's there. And uh, Why don't you but, tell people a brief story about what exactly a duplex canceller is? Well, a duplex canceller is uh, basically when they canceled stamps, they had the, the circular round date with the town and the date of the cancel in it. And then they had, and they wanted to cancel that clear of the stamps so that you, it was readable. And then they had another canceller that they would cancel the stamp with, typically it was maybe a core cancel or, or a design or something like that that was separate. And some guy had the bright idea to actually uh, weld the two together so that the postal clerk only had to strike the letter once instead of with two different uh, hand devices. And uh, so they attached the two together. And so with one whack... He could cancel the stamp, and he could make sure that the circular date was clear and readable. And this was actually patented. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was so patented. There was a lot of uh, problems with the U- uh, U.S. Post Office using these because they actually had to pay for the person who patented them, and cutting your uh, labor costs by half was a big incentive. Yeah. So anyway, it was cool. It was antique. It was old, and I didn't have one. So I thought I won't. I I thought this will be a good time to. And we're going to put step it in, up to the plate yeah. and get it. It'll go in like an acrylic case up front, and anybody who visits the PSE office can re- uh, come in and revel at the. Or even uh, better yet, the Southern Nevada Philatelic oh, Research oh, Center. There you go. Yes. Right. It'll hold a place of honor. Yes. yes. Along with some of our other printing relics 
Now, stamp need, related, of course. What you need to do, since you've got the guest book downstairs, is actually get an ink pad for it so people can actually cancel, <laughs> oh, cancel yeah, the guest books. That'll stuff. be good. <laughs> now, we'll just have some test impressions in the front of the guest book so ah. that they can look and see what it looks like. There you go. I have a question. Why was it important to the post office to have the circular date stamp part away from the stamp so that it was clear? What was the purpose of, of that? I there was a huge, huge thing about how quickly they um, could deliver mail and when the mail was received. And so if you canceled the stamp, if you canceled the stamp with the date stamp, you could obscure the date. And the date was incredibly important because, again, during this time period, they're competing with the private posts. Well, not only that, it would also have a, a time slug in there. So it might have 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Right. And every hour they could change that slug so that the mm -hmm. they could keep track of uh, actually what time it went within an hour of when it went through that post office and was processed. Well, but they were incredibly, incredibly uh, centered in on when the stamp or when the letter got there and when it got to the other side. I mean, today we take it for granted but back then, you know, they wanted a five-day delivery time, yeah, well, and you had proof that it was delivered in five days. Yeah, now three-quarters by mail doesn't even get canceled. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, you know, they uh, it costs 49 cents to send a letter. Uh, they're raising it to 55 no, it, cents. No, it costs 50, 50 cents. cents to send a letter. I'm sorry, 50 cents to send a letter. It costs 55 cents in what, uh, two weeks? Less. Yeah. A another... 12 days. Well, that's because they found out after their analysis that they have to pay an extra five cents per letter for storage. <laughs> I posted something on as a reply on Facebook recently before Christmas. Somebody said, oh, is everybody still sending out their Christmas cards this year? And somebody said, well, with the price of stamps, it's really, you know, in, in Facebook and all that stuff. Now I don't even send them anymore. Oh, I yeah. said, you should absolutely send the Christmas cards. I said, but make sure that you buy a boatload of Christmas stamps this year <laughs> because next year they're going up five cents and you can have a stock to use. It'll uh, only cost you 50 cents. Yeah, actually, you know, 50 cents, that's a 20% return on investment. That's far better than you can get off really kind of anything right 20, now. 20, that's 10%. No, it's 20%. Five cents on fifty cents is ten percent. Twenty percent would be ten cents. You're right. So much for finance guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's rattled today. I'm gonna have to fire you. Oh uh, yeah, I got a I got a traffic ticket today. A BS one that I'm going to fight. Curse you. Anyway, back to eBay. eBay is a lot more fun than Cash's traffic ticket. I don't know. You were there, so. <laughs> yeah, you were in the car with you. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's more exciting. Well, yeah, but, eBay is more exciting. But, Scott, that was a BS ticket, right? Oh, I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> I totally agree it was. That's a story for another day, though. Well, if I win, if, if the cop shows up and I have to actually litigate it, then... Uh, I'll yell and scream on the podcast because this is my yelling and screaming time. There you go. Put it on your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, Relics of History. 
The Any, day Cash got a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> well, today we're going to be discussing how to write perfect eBay listings. Yes, we said perfect. So, Cash, how do you write a perfect eBay listing? Ah, well, uh, by, first well, of all, what does perfect mean? Yeah, really? exactly. By perfect, what we mean is it's going to give you the highest possible pers- position in the search results. Okay, that's so good. If, so if you do a search, it's going to do best fit. We want to make sure that if you do a search for, like, George Washington, and you have 22 pages of results that you get on the first page or the second page. Okay, that's good. So we're kind of talking the search engine optimization of eBay. Exactly. Ah, also, effectively pre-selling your product. Can you look at the title and tell what the item is? Third thing is you need it to stand out because, again, even if you're on the first page, you got a whole page. Yeah, and some people like me put 200 items on their first page. Exactly. <laughs> I, so do I, yeah. So here are some do's and don'ts for uh, making the perfect title on your eBay listing. And the first one is uh, to use descriptive keywords to clearly, and I'm reading this, and accurately convey what you are selling. You can use 80 characters. You don't have to use all 80 characters. 80? 80. In are you fact, serious? I would yep. significantly suggest that you not use all 80 because it gets very, very cluttered. I was going to say, that just seems too wordy. Yeah. Yeah. It can be. Yes, Absolutely. Unless you have something that you're listing that's so obscure that it's important to put in, you know, specific keywords, right? Uh, so that uh, you know, so that somebody searching for it will find it. The second thing is to include the item's number, condition, and if it's if it has a name, you should put the name in it. Like uh, if you're listing a uh, uh, Canada number two fifty eight, put Blue Nose. If you're listening, that's number 158. By 150. The way. Okay, 158. If you're uh, listing a Columb- uh, Columbus, and by the way, if you're listing an 1892 or 1893 Columbus stamp, you should use Columbus, not Colombian, because that'll throw off the search results dramatically. So things like that you should put in there. Put in Colombian in like your item description. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that uh, there was there was a fellow who uh, talks about blogging and titles on web pages, and he always says use words that people actually use. And we had this discussion yesterday. Philately. Don't use the word philately. Use stamp collecting. Don't use you know these real obscure terms. Use common terms that everybody uses. So. If it's uh, an Andrew Jackson blackjack number 73, use blackjack. You know, use Andrew Jackson. Don't use Andy Jackson or something like that. You said that, and all I can think of is our old intro. And said, why, do you, why don't you say philately? I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to include item specifics inside of your title. You want to show the hinge condition you want to tell whether it's used or mint. Even if you're inside of a mint category, you still want to say mint in the title or the description. Now, let me ask you something on that because I've looked at many, many eBay, and I can see 
I see Mint Never Hinged. I see MNH all the time for mm-hmm. Mint Never Hinged. Is there a better one to use, saying Mint Never Hinged versus MNH? I would use actually both. Yeah. Because so now people, you're going to get into your 80 character thing, though. Right, but the thing is, is that people do search MNH, and they also search Never Hinged. So if half of them are searching MNH and the other half are searching Mint Never Hinged, and woe be it for the person looking for clothing that's uh, actually hinged. means H and M. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. Um, but we did one for uh, stamps. We just did a search for stamps. And you would be amazed at the things that are not stamps that show up when you type in stamps. Yeah, there's also... Well, except rubber stamps all the time. Yeah. I'm sure they're everywhere. Yeah, we were getting like pots. You know, a pot is <coughs> stamped with the artist's signature. And so all of a sudden you get pots and pa- or ceramics and stuff like that. So Yeah, but, interesting. but even, even if you do a general search in the stamps category... You come up with weird stuff like that because yeah. people accidentally get the wrong category on their listings, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, back when we had Jeff and Jessica on all the time, when we were talking about, um, I think one time they found a very rare and obscure Disney pin and were able to buy it stupid cheap because it was listed wrong and nobody found it. Yeah. Well, somebody found it. Well, they, yeah, they, I mean, they found it. But, I mean, you know, a, a couple hundred dollar right. pin for like five bucks. Yep. Because the person didn't list it and didn't get it into like the Disney pin category. Well, that goes kind of into the next one here. State exactly what your item is. Even if it's repeating stuff from the category, like I, like you just said, you know, it's not in the Disney category. But if you put Disney pin and it accidentally shows up in, you know, automotive parts, people will still find it eventually. Right. Well, it's, it's if you have if you're selling a five dollar Colombian stamp, put the word stamp in your title. Because people will search for the word stamp. Yeah, but it's also important to remember that eBay's algorithm reads it left to right. And so it, it places more emphasis on the words on the left than on the right. Oh, yeah, very so, much so. So your most most descriptive words should be on the left-hand side as you, you know, just as if you're reading it normally. Right. Um, the next one, you see this all the time. It, don't use descriptors. You know, don't say wow or super nice or stuff like that. Use, or rare. Well, rare is rare is a word that people will understand. Scarce is. But let's say you put down uber rare. So I'm selling a three-cent Prexion cover, and I put down super rare. Yeah, you're using, the word super should not be there. It's either rare or scarce or none of the above. Or you could say rare usage. Or rare usage or something, yeah. But if you said something like, Ultra fantastic and stuff like that. It's like eh, no, no, no. And what about again, do you what get about it? Uh, solo use? Solo use would be a descriptor of it, though. Right. That's an important thing. But again, you get into things like use versus usage. What's the more appropriate word? What would people use more often? Well, let me go down to a little further because we're going to discuss a little bit of that. Okay. Um, omit. Punctuation. Now, I don't. I kind of like 
using punctuation sometimes, but it really is overkill and it's unnecessary. And it could hurt your search results if you put like super exclamation point. That could, or excuse me, superb exclamation point. That could mess up your search for the word superb. So you want to try to avoid that. So when I have my 30 character description, I should not put the rest of my characters as 50 exclamation points for how cool it is <laughs> yes, exactly. to fill out my 80. Exactly. <laughs> um, use correct spelling. This one is really super important because if somebody is uh, doing a search for, I don't know, Canada, and you spell it with an E and pick a place that you put the E. Adamac. Uh, yeah. Well, it, that would be your... Error, type of error because you're uh, just horrible at spelling. Oh, I'm terrible at spelling, but I make sure my titles are spelled correctly. Uh, I, I only say Adonac because I had a friend of mine growing up in Bakersfield who actually lived on a street called Adonac, and he's like, how do you ever figure out how to pronounce that? And he's like, it's Canada spelled backwards. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> um, don't worry about grammar. Grammar is totally unimportant inside of your uh, description. As a matter of fact, if it may, if you if your title makes sense from a structured sentence, it means you're wasting you're space. doing it wrong. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. And the last one is don't use all caps. Never ever ever. It's a, it's obnoxious. Well, one thing on grammar though is stop yelling to, at people. Yeah, you have exactly. to be careful um, not to make your title look like it's a series of keywords because um, that's actually against the eBay rules and they'll, they'll, uh, you know, they'll remove your listing. Yep. So, so it's got to, it's got to have some kind of, it's got to have some flow. Sometimes they do remove it if it's something weird. Now you can put a little string of keywords in your description. You have to, you should always have keywords in your description. I mean, but even, the, even if it's not part of your description, you can just put a line underneath a picture with a bunch of keywords. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done that before, yeah. and, and it certainly does enhance your search results because people search by both title and description. So if, if there's a, a keyword that isn't going to go in your title but you feel you should have it, just put it somewhere on the description page. Mm-hmm. So, like Mark said, uh, you know, it reads from left to right. So you should have your main keyword in the number one or number two position. Now, for me, my number two position is almost always the Scott's catalog number. Because that's a major thing that people search for. Right. You want Scott catalog number and gum condition. Right. And in the beginning, I'll have the country, the name of the country. So... Yes, Canada absolutely. number 27 will be my first two items. Now, do you use a number sign or or the word uh, like an abbreviation N-O, or do you just put Canada 143? I always use a number sign because that's what most people search for. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people who, you know, if you were searching for a 143, they just type in 143. That'll still show up even though there's a number sign in front of it. Right. I, was, I, uh, I like to put in the year as well because uh, if, if you're on eBay searching for a U.S. number one or a U.S. number two, it's extremely difficult to find 
that search yes. because one and two are so common. Right. So um, when I'm searching, I'll put in, you know, one uh, Franklin or, 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 you know, yeah, or, or, yeah, one Franklin, you know, 1847 uh, to see if I can, you know, get just what I'm looking for. Yeah, I have that same problem because, you know, when I sell U.S. number 11s and 11 A's too, it's a problem. But uh, you t- you do a search for number 11 and you're going to get number 111. You're going to get number 211. You're going to get number 1111. You're going to get everything with two ones in it. You're going to get. It's like doing a search on Excel. Yeah, you're going to get this can be yours for $11 and that'll show up in the search for us number 11. So what I always do is I always have three cent Washington and 1851. And so people do the 1851 search or Washington. You say number sign. And the only thing I can think of nowadays for the younger people who might be listening on eBay, listening, listing on eBay is it's a hashtag. Hello. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, now capitalization is important. You should capitalize the important words. Like if you had rare, you know, I would put rare in all capitals. I would put Franklin with a capital F. You just said, don't use all caps. Uh, no, I mean for for the the entire entire thing, not for the Uh, entire title. Um, when I list things for never hinged, that's a biggie for stamps. So I will always will use, uh, capital all, all caps, never hinged, because that's a selling point. Yeah, or NH, obviously. Or MNH, yeah. You, and I wouldn't use NH, I'd use MNH, because NH will still show up in the search. Most people, or a lot of people will do MNH. Now, I know we don't have a lot of European listeners, but we do have some. And for our American listeners who have never searched uh, eBay for lots that come from Europe, a lot of our European counterparts don't say uh, never hinged. They say unmounted. Yes. So they say mint unmounted versus mint never hinged. So that's something to keep in mind if you're selling something and your your target audience is likely to be European, uh, consider – switching it up yeah we also have a lot of usage of things like lightly hinged versus previously hinged yep right but the big but the big one is when it's never hinged yeah so uh the capitalization i have a a sample here uh it's genuine samoa number 73 mint never hinged with free shipping so it's samoa has a whole bunch of uh fakes so the word genuine up front is all caps because that's a big selling point now it would be better if it was like certified or something like that but genuine and then samoa the s in samoa is capitalized and it says number sign number 73 then mint i'm looking at it it's all caps but it should just be mint not capitalized never hinged all caps then the word with no caps and then free shipping all caps because what I want to really push is that this is genuine. It's never hinged, and I'm giving away free shipping. Those and, are my and, bullet points. And realistically, you could actually omit the word with as well. Yeah. Uh, because it is kind of an extraneous word in this sense. So this one here, you know, really hits what I want to hit. 
And then also it sort of goes without saying that you shouldn't spam stuff inside of your uh, title. You know, I see it quite often where a person will say, Mint never hinged, MNH, NH, not hinged. You know, <laughs> they'll, they'll list it like five different times. It's, that's overkill. Yeah, that's the keyword well, spamming. I was going to say that's where you're, yeah. what Mark was talking about, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's keyword spamming. Now, I see this often, and, and uh, I know you shouldn't do this, but I want your thoughts on it. I, uh, a lot of times a seller will include their own inventory control number so that they can locate the lot listing. And um, I know you shouldn't put that in your title. Uh, it's okay to I've put it. I've seen it in titles a lot, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah you do see it in titles but a lot. But they always have it at the end, <laughs> right. and it's unobtrusive. And some sometimes put it's in their not. Name. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. But that should really uh, realistically be in the lot description, not in the title. Well, it should be somewhere where you can use it because you have to find the items. Right. Um, but, again, it's... It, it, there are people who need that sort of thing for their shipping. They have to be able to find it. That's the way they do their shipping. Now, if you do it that way, um, there's better ways to do it. You know, maybe you should do some research so that, uh, you know, you don't have to put those locators inside of the title. But if you have to do it, try to minimize them. Yeah, you know, when you have uh, 70,000 lots on eBay, it kind of makes sense to... Yeah, I only have an inventory system. I only know one person who has 70,000 lots, and he does not do that. Correct. <laughs> Although I do believe it does appear in the in the description of the listing. Mm -hmm. Well, me, I use 6-bit, so it's much, much easier. But now I'm going over uh, more stuff with hip stamp. So with hip, hip stamp, you, there it, I, it is... I do have to do something that allows me to locate the items quicker. And I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to suffer through it. But in the future, I'll try to figure out some way so that I can locate the hip stamp stamps easier. I mean, I have 8,000 items. So I got a lot of searching to do. Yeah, when I was listing stuff, I, I had a section... In my in my already listed box, and I I basically had one or two boxes, and I'd have, you know, if it was a cover, it would be in this cover, and then I would have different sections, and it, we, it would say like first day covers and and event covers and navy covers, and and so I'd have sections so I could look at the title and I go, oh, it's in the it's in the first day cover section, so I, you know, I'd only have a small section to go look through, but then the ephemera or forms or or labels or stamps or whatever else were in their own little section. Yep. And so even though I had over 500 listings, I might only have to look through 30 items to find what I was looking for to ship it. Yep. Yeah, inventory control is something that we could discuss at a future podcast. Yeah, at length. And it at would also be very boring. Yeah, probably. We'll do it quickly. I know this isn't necessarily a listing thing, but people who put up the picture of their stamp and say quantity available, like over 10 or something like that, what happens with that? Because I really thought eBay's thing was supposed to be you're supposed to list the item. You're supposed to picture the item being sold. And I know I've bought stuff because I'm like, holy cow, that is a well-centered picture. <laughs> 
<laughs> it turns out it was a well-centered picture because yeah. the stamp that I got looks nothing like what I what I saw on eBay. And and well, so you I, should return it. I do do And I have. I do that. Um I will have quantities. However, I will always use show the picture of the worst one, not the best one. And inside of my description it'll say I'm using a generic stamp. I I have many of these. Your stamp may differ because honestly when I do that it's either a really super common issue like Army Navy stamps. You can't individually picture each Army Navy set. I mean, they just don't sell for enough. So, you know, I'll list 40 of them and, you know, put them up for a buck and a quarter. Well, for a buck and a quarter, you know, I'll get an email from a person. Oh, can you scan the back? It's like, no, <laughs> it's a buck and a quarter. I can just barely list it. Oh, but for those sellers who do scan each each lot like that what they can do is put it in their description items shown is the exact stamps you will receive that yes that i do yes because that's you know if if i'm looking at something because this is a first immediate turnoff for me if i see quantity if I see quantity and it's like, you know, you get that just like more than 10 or something. Oh, more than two. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. I, I immediately go off the list because I'm not going to buy it because I on eBay to look for well-centered stuff. Yes. And if it's as soon as it says a quantity of more than one and there's only one picture there, I'm out. Well, that happens because Lloyd is famous for going through and looking for well-centered stamps on eBay. And he'll pull up a stamp. And it'll go, oh, there's one. And then he looks, and there's a quantity of three. And he instantly kills it off because you only have a 33% chance of getting that stamp. Yeah, I see that a lot with duck stamps. Yeah. Where they'll they'll put up, you know, RW63, and then, you know, the picture will be of, you know, a, a grade 100. But, um, you know, then they have, you know, quantity, you know, 84. Yeah, now that, that works if you're selling, like, prepackaged items um, doesn't work well with stamps also uh you get 80 characters don't like uh, like tom said you know if you use 30 of them don't put 50 exclamation points at the end you don't have to use all 80 characters and if you do it actually makes your description much much harder to read so uh now let's get into a little bit of ebay policy to see and because there are some things that, if you do it, they will remove your listing. Um, obviously, don't include anything that's false or misleading. That that should be a no-brainer to anybody. Um, you're not allowed to put email addresses or phone numbers or anything like that in your title. Also, you have to be aware of political things that may or may not get you flamed. Get you flamed. <laughs> um, I know Mark might have something to say about listing Cuba. Oh, yeah. Oh. This is a, a real source of irritation for me because I sell U.S. and U.S. possessions. And, uh, and in fact, eBay has a, a subcategory. When you, uh, when you go to item specifics, you go to, you know, possessions, and then it will list, you know, there's Hawaii, there's Guam, and there's Cuba. If you select Cuba... You know, and that's the only place you have Cuba in your entire listing. They still won't accept it. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they have a they have a category that if you try to list in that category, they bounce it. Right. 
Also, so, Iran and Sudan. Yeah. If you if you try to list an Iranian stamp in the Iranian category, you get a little error message saying, I'm sorry, you can't list this. So you have to I, do, I think North Korea and North Vietnam are still in that category as well. Right. I thought they were taken out. Maybe, yeah. So anyway, there are the prohibited categories. Well, my, my problem is I have naval covers from the 1930s. Yeah, Guantanamo from Bay. From Guantanamo Cuba. Bay. Right. Well, you and can put Guantanamo Bay. You can put Guantanamo Bay, and it'll most of the time slide through. Oh, you I can I, also I, say yeah. U.S. But if you say Guantanamo, yeah. But if you say Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, it'll bounce. Right. Yeah. They'll let you list it, but then they'll cancel it on yeah, you. Yeah, I had a, And you'll get a notice that you violated their yeah. policies. I had a uh, Lindbergh cover flown from uh, Dominican Republic to Cuba. Uh-huh. And it bounced. So I put Dominican Republic to Havana, and it went through fine. Yeah. Now, I didn't list it in the Cuba category, obviously. I put it in the aviation category. But you can't have the word Cuba in your title. You right. can't have the word Iran in your title. They're prohibited. And then, of course, uh, there are things that are just banned, like uh, body parts and unwatched clothing and stuff like that. That you know, we have lots of uh, stories about that uh, we can't tell on the podcast. Live animals, yeah, live animals. You know, there's stuff that's just not well, allowed. Another thing is, um, you can in your in your listing preferences, you can choose which eBay sites to list on. And if you're choosing to list on a European site, you can't list Nazi-related material. Oh, you cannot use the word Nazi or Hitler in your title because, and this was explained to me explicitly, it is illegal to sell these things in France. Yes. And I told the person, no problem. I'm in the United States. And he said, you have to exclude France from your selling. Well, guess what? There's no way to do that. And so basically, while it's not banned, it's prohibited if you're selling it in France, and there's no way for you to take it out. So, you know, in Germany, if you're selling German stamps from 1930s and 1940s, it always has a Nazi symbol or a picture of Hitler on it. There's just none of them that don't, or very few. And so, you know, you have to sort of skirt along and, you know, not put down that there's a Nazi symbol and not put down that Hitler's on the stamp just listed as Germany number 427, 50 Fennig, 18, or 1940 issue, mint never hinged, and it goes through fine. You put down 1942 Hitler, and all of a sudden it bounces. So if you're, if you're going to sell or if you're going to search for Cuba possessions, you know, 1899 issues, um, what you want to do is search for U.S. administration during the Spanish-American War yeah. or some, you know, yep. some variant of, that, uh, of those words, and then you'll find, you know, Cuba listings. What I have found is in the German spelling for Cuba is C-U-B-B-A. And if you use C-U-B-B-A, people will find it, and eBay doesn't care. Because eBay doesn't care about this anyway. eBay is just sitting there going, why for 50 bucks worth of sales are we going to put up with this? So they just blanket just say, you know, they put in there no Cuba. 
Yeah, well, they they don't even have a person reviewing those lots. They just have a computer program that recognizes keywords and kicks it out. Yeah, I, they don't want to spend the time on it. It doesn't matter to them. So, you know, we have to just figure out ways around it. So, after all this, the formula for a perfect eBay listing is basically product, feature, benefits, in that order, the product you're going to discuss, you know, the Scott's catalog number, the name of the stamp, whatever it is. Features is the condition, used, hinged, never hinged, railroad cover, advertising cover, great cancel, whatever it is. And then at the end, benefits. Now, here are some examples. Uh, free shipping, next day shipping, 100% genuine, certified yeah, if you have a certificate for an item that you're listing, make sure that gets into the title. Rare usage, like you said, or scarce usage. Um, sometimes like only 10,000 printed. or o- Only 1,000 printed. Or, only 500 known. Or if your stamp is graded. Yeah, grading, yeah. And make sure you put it in the item specifics too because um, there, is a, there is a category for if the stamp is, is certified and there's also a category listing if it has been graded. Yeah, I didn't want to go into that because we're going to talk for another half an hour if we get into uh, oh, okay. the specifics. Anybody who's out there selling, check out the specifics. Uh, the uh, They are incredibly useful, and they're going to grow in popularity. Uh, also, one that uh, I use regularly as the quote-unquote benefit is I'll put down the catalog value of the stamp. Yeah. So those plus correct use of the capitalization, and uh, that should be about it. Good luck selling. Yeah, good luck. Oh, speaking about selling, I wanted to uh, give a little bit of uh, uh, a word out because I got a phone call just before the podcast from a fellow. And he had listed a stamp, a graded stamp, that was grade 98. Or excuse me, it was grade 100. It, and it was a top pop. It was the only grade 100 uh, graded by PSE. And it went into a major auction house. And it sold for the price of a 98. And everybody's going, wow, you know, I would have bought it for that or something. And he goes, yeah, I know everybody would have bought it for that. But how do I prevent that from happening? When you're submitting a stamp to uh, on eBay... You know, it's easy because you can put a minimum. So I'm talking about real auction houses here. When you submit stamps to auction houses, always put a minimum that you're willing to take because they want to sell it and they're going to assume that you want to sell it. And in this case, this stamp just went unseen. It was like in it was in a part of the catalog where maybe somebody didn't see it or the people who collected, you know, didn't know the auction was going on. Some weird thing happened because a grade 100 stamp should not sell for the price of a 98 stamp. No, but, you know, to be honest, when there's a big auction and I'm flipping through the catalog, if I see a graded item, because typically I don't buy graded items, uh, I don't even write it down. But I really, I should, because if you're you're watching it and it goes for a song, 
Oh, I should be in on it. If I was there, but I would have bought it. Sometimes the auctions are just too big, and I'm not thinking about it. I'm looking for stuff that I, other stuff that I do want. Right. So uh, this is like a learn from other people's mistakes moment. Yeah. And uh, so you just be aware that if you're selling at auction, you should always put reserve prices. Tell the person, you know, the minimum amount they're willing to do. The auctioneers don't necessarily like that. Oh, of course they don't. But they don't get paid if it doesn't sell. Right. So if this stamp, uh, and it was a uh, thousand. But also watch it, because if it doesn't sell, the auction house may charge you an unsold fee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this this particular item, it was a, a stamp that only cataloged uh, $5. But in grade 98, it cataloged 900. So in grade 100, only one known, you're looking at a $1,500, $2,000 stamp, maybe. Uh, let's say $1,500. Oh, I think you're looking at more like 2000 yeah. 1750 to two. So anyway, it sold for the price of the grade 98, which is 900 Whoever bought it made like a real easy $500 profit. The auction company got they got paid for it. They got their money, but it didn't go to the person who owns it. And obviously the auction company wants their money. The guy who sold it would rather have the stamp back and then put it into another auction. So, uh, like I said, you know, learn from other people's mistakes, put re, uh, put minimums on the stuff that you submit to auction. Anything else? Mm. I'm good. And yep. abruptly. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Never before have so few done so little for no one in particular. Stamp show here today. Stamp show here today. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.